0: Welcome to MRL Speaks, the premier podcast covering the contract design industries. Brought to you by My Resource Library. Hi, it's Jeff Carlson with My Resource Library, doing a podcast today for MRL Speaks with a man that I met several years ago, um, Paul Holland, who works with Solomon Coyle. And Paul is by far one of the smartest men in our industry. It makes him blush every time I tell him this, but I think Paul has insights into our industry, into the contract furniture industry that literally just blow me away. So Paul, welcome and thank you for making the time to meet with me.
1: Thanks, Jeff, I, you know, I appreciate that. I don't know if it makes me blush, but I will tell you this, I, uh, I steal with pride, right? I'm a sponge. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never heard it put quite that way but okay.
1: <laughs> well, well, for me I you know I'm just curious I, and I and that served me well. Um because I'm just curious how things work, why people do what they do, where do where do things take us, right? And yep. and for me, um, I've been in this industry since 1984, so that's a long, long time. And it would be really easy to just get my optic and jaded about what's going on here. So the way I've kind of overcome that is I keep looking outside of our industry. Yeah. Right. I, it, it, as an example, MRL, you guys, I, I think, were really, really great because you took something that had been sacrosanct, and that's the physical library in our industry, and you said, you know what, we're going to turn it on its head. Well, you know what, where did you get that idea? You were solving a problem, very likely, and and um, it's an outside point of view that, that oftentimes does it. So anyway, yeah. it's been a lot of fun to to get to be a part
0: of all of that in our industry. Yeah, so we were just talking just a few minutes ago, and I had just shared uh, with with Paul that I had just bought two new cars, and um, one was, or both of them, through dealerships. So I went to the dealerships, and I actually, in just talking with Paul before recording this, Paul immediately said, well, the last two cars you bought, you did not go to the dealership. Is that correct?
1: I bought them through the dealership, but okay. I did not go to the dealership, which is an interesting thing. So, the dealership, or as I think of it, the distributor of that product, I wanted to work with. Um, I just wanted the convenience of not having to 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 deal with it. To, in the sense of, you know, that that whole selling process was I sent pictures of the existing automobile. The first time I did it, I actually had three automobiles I was trying to get rid of and do something different. I sent them pictures and pictures of the odometers, that sort of thing, to the salesperson. And we literally talked and put the whole thing together. In fact, the dealership was three hours physically away from me.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And they sent three people down. They picked up all three vehicles and they had ridden down in the vehicle they were delivering for me. The second time I did it, uh, same process, really, and I already I had a relationship with them, which made it even easier. Yeah, right. Which was really really nice. So I uh, called them up, said, "Hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you got? This is what I'm looking for." We worked out all the details. They drove the vehicle down. We sat down at the table, signed the papers. They took the existing vehicle away, and here I have a new vehicle. So it took a very conventional process you know uh, yep. yeah you got as you and i were talking it's not a lot of fun to go in and, and and go through the gyrations right yep so we took all that out yeah we just went from a to b in a more direct manner which is really kind of cool and i frankly think that's where our industry's headed especially as it relates to the pandemic forcing yep. us to think about how we're going to do the same things some things differently so
0: you know it's fascinating because like what you said you just touched upon all of the irritating things that i had to deal with yesterday so i went to this car dealership at about two o'clock in the afternoon um i didn't even really need to test drive it i knew exactly what i wanted i was buying a jeep and it was black with black interior and that's the way i like my cars and um literally so i it was there i told him the price that i was willing to pay and then he went back and forth with the manager you know the dance and kept coming back. And I kept saying, well, you're not hearing me. So uh, here it is again and go back. And, um, we ended up, I I got my deal, but then I had to wait like 45 minutes for them to, you know, get the paperwork ready. Then I had to go in and sign all the paperwork, but I was with my daughter who was 18 years old, who basically did not want to be there. And, um, Right. All, she, all she wanted to do, be honest, Paul, is just drive the Jeep home, and I wouldn't let her do that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but she didn't she want had to be to there. She didn't
1: endure the pain and didn't get any of the, of the gain, right?
0: Well, I let her drive it to her, you know, her boyfriend's house last night, but you know, that, that's a different okay. story. Okay. But, uh, but what I found was really interesting is after that, I had to wait an hour and 40 minutes for them to detail the car. And we were just sitting there with nothing to do, bored out of our minds. We were playing a game uh, battleship on our cell phones uh, against each other. My daughter was literally hitting her head up against the table like, I don't want to be here. An hour and 40 minutes. And you look at the complexity of that doesn't need to be that way. You did it right at your dining room table in the comfort of your home.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um... – you know, the interesting thing, if you and you and I have talked about this often, the Amazon effect, but I don't even think the Amazon effect is, is really what's at stake here. And I think the pandemic's going kind to of draw some real focus to this, but it's more about um, do most clients, um, especially in the retail world and consumer world, we're pretty educated. You said a key thing. You knew what you wanted. Yes. And you also knew what you would pay. Yes. Um, and in what you paid, you weren't saying, I don't want the dealer to be profitable. I want them to be profitable, Yep. but here's where I, I want to be. And and where that gets so crazy, and I think this is where we'll see things really, really evolve is, is transparency. Yep. Right Now, transparency doesn't have to, there's a whole lot of things going on here, but transparency doesn't have to be each, I mean, you and I are connected today via video, right? We're doing a Zoom, by the way. Why call it a Zoom meeting? Just call it a Zoom. But it's the transparency of what's going on in the transactions. So what as a consumer you really need is give me what I, which is what you guys do. Give me what I need to be able to rapidly look at things, rapidly source, inform myself, and I'm coming in as an informed person. So let's, let's take the, 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 lack of transparency, flip it on its head, let's make it transparent, and and let's streamline it, right? I mean, engagement and people's time is probably the most valuable thing they have.
0: Well, well, yeah, exactly. And you're seeing like more and more of that, like, um, you know, before you even go to an urgent care or anything else, you can go online and you can actually check in before you even leave the house so that you're not sitting in that waiting room for four hours waiting for your, your time um there's a lot of changes that are going on and like even the way you buy clothes and you know you and i have even talked about clothing you know and you buy clothes do you go to a store anymore i don't typically go to a store i buy all my stuff online i swore i would never do that but i do that
1: Uh, yeah i i i'm frankly you know i'm i am um I'm really, really um, interested, I guess I would say it that way. And, and uh, I'm really interested in as we evolve and as our industry evolves and as as we kind of go through this period and the pandemic period and all that, what opportunity there is for us to make things better for people in the way we age and the way we do things, right? Yep. Uh, the clothing, per- whatever the purchase is, you talked about um medicine, the, the urgent care. Yep. So, telemedicine, now we've had an event occur that has finally moved us away from saying, I have to go see the doctor. i got to be in front of the doctor. So now telemedicine yep. is going to become huge, right? Yep. And I think that's, that's really exciting to know that out of real challenge, we see there's real opportunity for people that are kind of thinking about what lies next, right? What can we do differently? How do we do it differently to kind of um, meet people at the point of need? You know, I think it's fascinating, Jeff, that you and I have traveled a lot, you know? And I know you, like me, much rather sit in front of people physically to engage, right? Because so much of communication is nonverbal, it's that whole bit. And I think what, what we're gonna be seeing, and it kind of comes back to our car story, the clothes, the medical story, is that that we're gonna put uh, that face-to-face engagement at the highest level of engagement. Mm-hmm. But we have to think about how do we, in all other engagements, uh, how do we think about making it simple, right? Getting client clients, customers, people, what they need to keep them safe, keep them informed, uh, all those kinds of things. And I think it's just fascinating for us to start thinking about the fact that, you know, just running down the street and taking a client to lunch is going to change. Yeah. Has changed. Yeah. Right. So when we get the opportunity to do something like that, wow, that's so special and so powerful. Yep. But how do we support all the other interactions that really need to occur you know in the car story i met you know i didn't i never met the salesperson face to face but i engaged their people in a customer experience all along the process yeah right yep and i did meet someone face to face when they actually delivered my vehicle which was kind of cool but i i i just think it's exciting for us to um to get a hold of the opportunity, right? In a time yeah. like this, when most of us are, have been trying to figure out when, when is the floor going to get under our feet kind of
2: thing, yeah. I think it's
1: just huge opportunity. And prior to the pandemic, I, I believe other industries have always informed this industry and where we're going to go, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's exciting. I, I think there's just huge opportunity to think about how we engage differently. One of the great questions that's coming up today in all of our interactions with dealers is how do we sell in a new, in a new environment, in a new yep. period of time, right? Um, relationship will always be critical in our industry. Yeah. But does relationship get built and reinforced in different ways? I think that's really the way to look at it, right? Yep. As opposed to when am I going to get to get back to the old way of doing things? And, yeah, and
0: anybody thinking like, when are we going to get back to the old way of doing things, probably is going to be very surprised that it's never going to go back, right? Like, I mean, I, I think it'll shift a little bit back, but nowhere near where it was before.
1: I think that, you know, is kind of the human nature thing. And I think you're right. We, uh, desking and benching, I think, has been a great example where collaboration and compression and density of space was kind of like, okay, that's the that's the clarion call of our industry for the last five years. Yep. And so we kind of took that to an extreme, almost like a pendulum, right? Way over here. It's like, yep, pack them in, pack them in, pack them in. To the point that we began to get some awareness, I would say through 2018 into 2019, that, you know what? Maybe people aren't real happy in that kind of (laughs) environment. Right. And, um, this, this event, the pandemic, the global pandemic is, is shifting things and it will shift it hard to the other direction. And I, and I think you're right. I think there's a, there's a, um, I don't want to say a hangover effect in the sense that it's super negative. I think that we're going to get some really good stuff out of it, but yeah, it's going to push it hard to the other extreme. Yep. Um, Great example that I that I've used frequently as of late is people that say, no, 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 we're just going to go back the way it was. You know, when 9/11 occurred, we thought TSA was a temporary fixture, and now 20 years later, TSA is still part of our world. Our travel world changed significantly. It's going to change. It is changing significantly again. So, yeah, I think we're. I think there there is no question that we're being pushed to the other side of things, where people are going to. You know, what about distancing? What about Space. Um, yep. How does that look? How do we protect people? Which I think is a good thing, by the way. Yeah. Health and safety of our yep. of our homes. Um. And we'll come back in time to something less, maybe. But yeah, it's going to be here for a while. I really think it will be. And I think we have to be we have to be thoughtful about that. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: So have you been in? Uh, so during all this, I, I know that you've been out of the house, but have you gone and seen somebody face to face, like at a meeting, like with a banker or with anything along those lines?
1: No, not in a business engagement, you know, okay. I've talked to hundreds of people yep. since this all has occurred, but it's all just been done with technology. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of other things I want to make sure we get to chat about today. Yep. I think technology yep. technology won't replace human engagement and interactivity in the sense of face-to-face connectivity, Yeah. but, but technology, I think, um, you know there there's no longer what we've been laughing about and calling fwo fear you know uh, or uh yeah f-o-w fear of webinar right yep. <laughs> so people are comfortable but i think that um i think that what if technology could take us even to a different place here's what i mean by that m-r-l like solomon Coyle, you guys are a distributed workforce you're all remote in a sense you're the virtual company But what if we use technology to leave uh, a a portal open constantly so that when you walk back in your room and anybody's engaged there, and if you just need to chat with them, it's like a real-time live portal that's always open. It's like we're not scheduling a Zoom meeting. It's just we have this portal open. If I need to talk to you, I just plop down at the portal. Yep. and say, hey, Jeff, did you think about this? Did you think about that? So interesting. Yeah, I I think there's a way for us. And, and what's got me thinking on that track is there are not, um, I don't think it's a, people are gonna go back to an office setting. There's no question. Yep. Forever, you know, you used to get this question about, well, will dealers exist in the future? Well, here's what I would say is yes, because they manage complexity, right? And, yep. and it's huge, huge risk people will always work.
2: Oh I mean, yeah. You know,
1: in, in fact, we, we've shifted to knowledge workers, right? And yep. um, an interesting thing is people under 40 expect to work this way. Yeah. So, so now there's two workplaces, right? Maybe we're not working in the Starbucks, but we're certainly working at home we're, and we also will be working in an office setting and at different times in different places. So, in a sense, we're doubling the amount of workplace in a way. Interesting. A a crude way of thinking about it. But but how can we support the worker who is that? um, They really become that nomadic worker. Sometimes I am in an office environment working, other times I'm working in personal space in my home. Yeah. Will it change the way we design our homes? I mean, so it's it's interesting to just think through and kind of play with the mental candy of well, what if? Right?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the the home design has got to change because the home office is going to be vital moving moving forward. So I'm sure that they are trying to plan that into a lot of building sites right now, right? I mean, it's always been here's a den or whatever else, right? So
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. It's interesting that I think that that. Pretty soon you will see like you've seen uh garden homes you've seen homes for empty nesters things like that. you will see homes that have two offices built into them yeah right because you have a you have it's spouses or partners and they're working and yep. so yeah there's no question that, it, that it'll be pervasive but it's all opportunity for our industry if we just kind of can can get over the fact that yeah we are living through a uh, you know it, it violently the the global pandemic violently jerked us out of our world that we were in yeah and we're in a different kind of world and we're actually not going back to the way it was we're going to a different place yeah and I think if, if um, that's kind of our mindset, and that's kind of the mindset I keep trying to work on is what does that mean for us? Yeah. So what does that mean for us? So, I, yeah, I, I, um, I kind of get excited to think about, and you guys have been doing it for, for some time. Um, think about this, too. This event, you and I have talked about this before, disruption,
2: right? Yep, yep.
1: This, this event has forced digital disruption in a huge way. Yeah. Right. We no longer just, uh, in fact, if I'm on a call and I'm not on video, it seems weird to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just did a web meeting with uh, um, uh, Meyer Fabrics and only about seven people actually turned on their cameras. Um, now, before I even send out a meeting or accept a meeting, I say, you have to be on camera. Like, I have to speak with, I just can't talk to my own computer screen. It's just, yeah. it, it's very impersonal yeah and and you're right, I still like you and like a lot of people out there. I read people for a living like that's you you look at body language I, you you know if you're like this i mean you you know that you've got to break through a barrier of some sort, so it's fascinating to me. I love the portal idea, and by the way, I actually wrote down f o w for fear of webinar because I thought that was hilarious and then yeah. I also just got off a call with a a rep in uh, New York City or New Jersey. And I was kind of, I I kind of looked at what she was sitting on. It was, it was clearly a, a, a child's bed, right? You could tell by the headboard or whatever else. And I said, where are you? And she said, well, my husband's down at the dining table and he's in a meeting. So the only place that I could go to is my kid's room. And so I'm spending an hour and I'm just like, so you're right. Right now people are trying to figure out. A, how to coexist with their spouse in the office world, which is fascinating. I had friends over last night, and apparently the husband works upstairs in the uh, office. She works downstairs at the kitchen table. And last night she was like, and I had no idea that he needed to go to the kitchen every five minutes, or I had no idea that, you know, like, and, you know, it was just kind of a funny dynamic. Yeah. That. Not everybody is used to the ability of being able to work from home with other people around them.
1: Yeah, no question about it. You know, it's interesting that um, uh, we went from this whole thought about, especially, you know, prior to the pandemic, the number one issue out there in our industry and most industries was you couldn't find people, right? And so uh, because you couldn't find people, one of the desires of people, especially millennial. And I would say now Gen Z and others, it's kind of like, you know what, we want some flexibility. We want to be able to work remote. And yep. and if you're really traditional, if you're at the other end of the spectrum, like me, you know, I'm postmodern, whatever. <laughs> um, it's kind of like, oh, well, but if you're working remote, are you really doing your work, you know, kind of thing? Yep. What's fascinating, I've been a remote worker since 2006, I think. And Here's the reality. I think what this whole thing's going to force us to think about is remote. It's not about remote work any, anymore. You know, yep. will everybody be a remote worker? No, I don't, no. I, I, I don't think that's what's going on. I think no. there are times we will be remote workers. Yep. There are times when we will be in other environments. But the, the remote work, to your point, is we, we have to be equipped People have to be yep. equipped to, to work remotely and they can be productive, right? Yeah. So I think, I think there's just there's huge opportunity for our industry to, to play in that space and to think about how, how you equip people. Because let's say you sell to a large Fortune 1000 or a 500 or Fortune 100, you know, and you've got large businesses you deal with all of their people won't be sitting in the floor plate together again at one time in the midterm to near term, yep. call it a year and a half, two years. Yep. So how do we, how do we keep people productive through that period of time? Well, it's going to be technology and it's going to be the right furniture, right equipment and, and, and helping people understand how to create great productive space within home. Yep.
0: Well, so yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, what- one of my employees, her husband's an executive at a bank here in Arizona. And you know, you talk about technology and you talk about you know, the, the work environment, but there's also a lot of security risks um, that also have to be addressed. And one of the things that amazed me was, one day this particular bank, which is a very large bank here in Arizona, said, okay, everybody's going remote, take your desktop computers with all of your banking information on it to your car. And yeah. then drive it home. So yeah. now you have unlocked yeah. personal information. Yeah. And in, now it's in people's homes. So like yeah. that security risk is is very viable there too.
1: Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. There's no question. Um, we we know that that cybersecurity is critical today anyway
2: yeah. For, yeah.
1: Or, for our world. But now that we are having to translate um, and, and think about security in multiple places, it's it's got huge pressure on it. I would say there's that. There is the health and safety of people related to that as well. Yep. Uh, if you think about it, that bank, they've got desktop computers. Well, what's more ideal for them is to have a laptop, to have things through a remote desktop, VP and all that. But but the point is, in the future, the worker may well take their technology with them wherever they go. And that's from a health and safety, a cleaning situation. I mean, um, you know, it was funny. And we had an architect speak yesterday, Tim Hawk with WSA Studios. And Tim talked about the fact that you know, very likely those days of having your work area with your pictures and all your stuff are gone. Yep. They all become like college students. Yep. We bring our technology with us. We take it away with us and we keep our own personal belongings with us. And that is back to that health and safety. So there's risk, there's health and safety. There's there's so many things that are um, that are occurring all at one time. That I think uh, the wise person steps back from it and says, "Where's our opportunity for us in this? How do we help people yep. navigate this?"
0: Right? Yeah. Future. Yeah. There was. Well, there's that. There's security. There's. And by the way, I, as long as I can fit this anywhere in my briefcase, I'm I'm good You're to saying. go. Any, I can work anywhere we want to work. Hey,
1: and that <laughs> works as a disinfectant too.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. That's what I was queuing up right for you. Is there's also the cleanability issues like. You and I fly pretty well, you actually fly even more than I do, but um, we fly pretty much weekly. And, you know, we never, I never believed, I won't put words into your mouth, but I never believed planes were all that clean. So I really didn't like touching a lot of stuff. And the first thing I did as soon as I got off of a flight was go in and wash my hands. Um, I can't even believe right now because of this pandemic, we have to remind people that they have to wash their hands. um, Or... Teach people how to wash their hands is kind of a very interesting concept. But um, now I would tell you these planes are probably the cleanest that they have ever been. And they are doing things to these planes. The, the, the filtration system is now hospital grade. The, like everything about these planes is fascinating to me. Will the work environment change to that same thing?
1: It will have to, I I think it'll have to, that's one of the things, you know, we, we've kind of, you know, the, the, the sustainability and wellness is for real now. Yeah. It's not just something nice to get us lead points or I, you know, it's, It it is, it's really all about health and safety. I mean, it's brought an awareness to us because, you know, if you think about it, Jeff, are we really, as we think about space, as we think about products, as we think about materials or materiality, the ability to clean it, are we, are we, are we just reacting to this pandemic or are we actually planning for the future and the potential of another? I think in people's psyches, we're planning. And we're thinking, you know, it's it's all about staying safe. It, it's just yep. the world we live in. It's fascinating. I, I don't think, you know, and, and whether you want to leave this in in, in a podcast or not <laughs> I don't know. but I, I got to thinking about this, you know, and it comes back to where we were earlier about, are we are? Is this just a blip, and then we kind of get back, and everybody kind of moves on? Yeah, we got a vaccine. We're all good to go now. Or is it something that etches itself deeper in the way we think about living and working and all of that kind of thing? You know, we've lost more people to COVID-19 than we did in the Vietnam conflict. Yep. We have lost more. Pe- I mean, so, you know, you could, you could cut it down that track if you want yep. to. I, yep. I don't think, you know, would I go get on an airplane today? Yeah, I think I might, you know, I think I would. Would the rest of society, you know, the numbers are telling us that 75% of people are really, really concerned about uh, states opening too quickly and all that kind of thing. This is my point is it's etched itself deeply in people's psyches. And I think that for, for most people, the average person, and I think that to just ignore that or to say dismiss it or not to really think about how are we going to, to live and work um, and make sure we're doing that in a safe way, smart way, all of that. Um, and you could say, well, that's really going to encompass, but I don't know that it will. I think that we'll yeah. we'll find, you know, the great thing about people is they always... Once things settle down and they, they get into their resilience mode, yep, and they kind of get back to the recovery mode, right? And, yep. and going towards something different. So, um, uh, air travel is going to change trem- tremendously, hotel, yep. the hotel industry will change tremendously
0: without question, right? I would like, they're, yeah, they're. I know they're at 34% occupancy is what I had heard for, for a lot of hotels right now, which amazes me that it's even that high, to be honest with you. Yeah, so yeah,
1: end of, end of April, the airline industry was down 95% in terms of people flying, you know, and it will take a while for that to sort out. Yep. Uh, but, but air travel will change and I believe it'll change for the better. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's kind of like what we've done in offices. We, we, uh, It's kind of like, let's go for density of space. Let's compress, let's compress, compress. And by the way, just, this is my own, the world according to Paul kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Real estate's not the most expensive piece of any business. People
2: are. So
1: what, what's, what I, I, just a simple thought. What's been this whole argument about, you know, space is expensive, compress, compress, compress people people are expensive and they're they're powerful and most valuable assets. I I never got that so much anyway. But, um, you know, the airline industry will look at density all differently now. You know, you'll actually be able to be comfortable, hopefully in the picture chair, you're a big man. And so (laughs) two feet wide, two feet in front just doesn't work real well, right? It'll change, but it'll change for the better.
0: Well, and they're also saying, you know, they're getting rid of the center aisle or the center seat now, which, yeah, I mean, that's right away. I'm like thrilled to death if we ever do get back to travel. But, uh, you know, the other day you and I were talking and you asked the question and I've asked a whole bunch of people this question and all different age groups, right? And um, the question that you had asked that I found very insightful is, yes, restaurants are reopening. So the restaurants in Arizona are reopening right now. I don't know where you're at if they're reopening as well. Yeah. But, um, and you know, Paul, you've known me for a long time. I eat out probably four meals out of the week just from the standpoint, my wife and I just get so busy. And by the time we we get back home at seven o'clock, it's like, let's just go to eat. Right.
1: It's convenient. Yeah.
0: But you would ask the question of if they open tomorrow, when would you go back to the restaurant? Like, when would you go eat in a restaurant? And I've been thinking a lot about that because I wouldn't. Like, I'm I'm not going to be the first one to go back to a restaurant. I, and so when you say it's been etched in people, um, you know, I'm 52 years old. Um, I don't feel like Superman anymore, so I, I left that I think in my 30s. But at the same time, um, I I think that that would I would eat outside. But right now in Arizona, it's 100 degrees already, so it's not really fun eating outside. But um, right. But the, the same kind of goes there. And then um, I asked a lot of people the same question, and they all had pause to it, that nobody came right out and just said, today, except for my daughter, who's 18 years old. And to her, I, I guess that's still that superwoman feel, I guess, but she does not think that this is a um you know it's not etched in her yet all this is is this is they're calling it coronation, um <laughs> th- like they have a name for it and you know they're not she doesn't get to graduate because they're not having they're having a virtual right. graduation they're you know she doesn't get to go to prom because all of that's been canceled and so these kids that were born at nine eleven, yeah, the year of nine eleven. They're now graduating and their graduation classes are now virtual and she's nervous that fall semester when she's got a swim scholarship and she's got a full ride scholarship for academics to a a college, will she be able to go because will they cancel?
1: Right right uh, yeah i i can I can certainly understand that it's interesting too it's I think that you know what you're tapping on there is how does it um how does it play out for the generations right yeah this is, yeah this is our great depression, and I'm not talking about the economy so much as an event that occurs that yep. etches itself in people that changes their behavior from the way they were, you know? So yeah, she might go back to a restaurant and, and be comfortable doing that immediately. Um, But there will be other impacts for her that will, that will leave that, that impression upon her very strongly and will inform her decision-making in the way she, she goes through the different behaviors, right? through her life. Uh, Higher education is one that is really going to be challenged, I believe, and and many of the dealers, as you know, work in that segment. What does higher education look like? Yeah. Right? Looking forward. And I think that it's not, um, yeah, to me, it's just fascinating to think about how we as people kind of adapt, overcome what we are biased towards and how that will inform our business looking forward, right? I mean, yep. Amazon, prior to this this pandemic event, I would say that one of the biggest events that impacted our industry was Amazon,
2: Yep.
1: right? Because yep. again, it kind of comes back to this, uh, keep me safe, make it easy, right? Give me good value. And I, yep. I've heard me talk about that a lot. I mean, that, yep. that's really, well, this won't be different uh, in the, you know, Do people want to be safe? Yes, even more so now, right? Do yep. they want it easy? You bet. You know, If I have to make an appointment to go to the Best Buy store, am I going to go to the Best Buy store? No. Probably, right? Yep. So the convenience is still going to be there. And, yep. and you know what? We might pay a little bit of a premium for the convenience and the safety and all that. We won't do anything stupid. Yep. Uh, but my point is the behavior doesn't go away. Yeah, it, it, it's still there, but it's like the, the physicality of what we do, the products we use, what we think about in selection of those things. It changes. Yeah, and, and man, I just I keep coming back to this. There's such huge opportunity for us to embrace doing things differently. And here's why. All of our customers, customers are going to have to think differently. Yes. Right.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, and absolutely.
1: And 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 that's where we we've got to kind of get to the mindset is where are they trying to go and how do we enable that? Yep. I think it's really exciting um, uh, the things in front of us, but it's been really terrifying for people. And the other thing is it keeps changing, right? And until we can pin down and get some predictability, which humans need, we need predictability. Yep. Uh, then then it's like people can kind of recognize the opportunity and all that. But I. Um, Technology, safety, uh, to your point, security related to data, all those things are going to become hyper yep. uh, important, I think, in the near term. And, and we are going to talk sustainability for real. We're not just going to play with lead points or all of that. Yep. You know, wellness for real. Right.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: so exciting yep. stuff in, in our future. You think about materials. Yeah. Right. And cleanability and all those things. So it's going to play into every aspect of, of uh, and it'll have a, a long term reaching effect.
0: It, you know, I've also heard just recently on that from uh, several textile companies and solid surface material companies that people don't they no longer want antimicrobial products, which I thought was really interesting because for years they've been, oh, my gosh, this can help you stay healthy. But they're saying these are the problems that are creating these superbugs, and basically the 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 germs are just overpowering it and learning and mutating, and so now they don't want those anymore. They want to go back to you know, hey, you and I are safe, Paul. We ate dirt and drank from a garden hose when we were kids, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, come on. Uh, So you know, it's these people that were growing or, or walking around with huge tubs of antibacterial soap and Cleaning their hands with the stuff that they're, you know, I, I don't know. It's a fascinating new world that's out there.
1: It is a fascinating new world. Um, I learned yesterday that Sharon Williams has a new paint system or platform out that literally will kill anything within two hours. Really? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you, you and you wouldn't think well, paint becomes part of, of yep. the defensive me- or the uh, the uh, risk mitigation or safety mechanism. Yeah, but it but it can and it will. Yep. And um, I think it's I think it's really interesting to see where we go. Here's here's I keep wanting to look outside of our framework, our yep. industry, our construct that yep. has enforced into dramatic disruption. Yeah, uh, which is long term. Hopefully, we'll see as a healthy thing. I keep wanting to look outside that and find out, well, what does that mean? What does the customer or my customer got to think about? Where, where does that take us? And what's the brightest pieces of that,
2: you yep. know? Yep.
1: Um, I, I don't think we have clear thinking about what those things are yet, but I do think it's really, really fascinating to explore those ideas, such as, how does the selling effort change now, Yep. right? How does, uh, how, what are the products we need now, Yep. right? Yep. Uh, and, and I think that, that uh, a huge opportunity for our industry is to collectively have those discussions about where does this take us and what can we do not to react, but what do we do to help kind of take it even further, right? Yeah. It's a thing for us. So.
0: Well, I mean, you've got Amazon. You've got people now are shopping at Costco online. Like you, you go online, you put it all into a cart. They go get it. They bring it right to the thing. You just pull up, you pay, and you, you, you walk on. Grocery stores you can now do online. It, it's becoming a fascinating, you know, and we've been seeing for years. Stores are closing. Clothing stores are not. Malls are not huge, impact, big. In, yeah. huge yeah. impact, right? Um, restaurants. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I still want somebody to wait on me. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure I would like a hologram or a computer. To just like press my buttons and order my meal so but yeah will you anybody bring, else
1: yeah you 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 bring up a really interesting notion and it's um, uh, it, it, that I've had and I don't know how it plays out not everything goes to the Jetsons right yeah in, in a future state there there could be some things that take us back to a different time as an example um, you know, I had, a, I had a discussion with a friend the other day, but, but in talking about staying safe, doing all these things, but also taking care of yourself, he said to me, and I just, and this, and, and he's a fairly young person. He said, you know, I wish they would bring back what you guys had when you were little. I said, what's that? When I go to a gas station, somebody actually services my car, yep. they don't even get out. They fill it up, they check everything. I'm like, you know, that's a fascinating thing. And then not too many days later, I'm going by, I'm going somewhere in one of my rare occasions to get out. Uh, mm. And I go by Sonic. And guess what? You know, uh, will we see food service be more that? Not yeah. just drive through, but where we go there and maybe we, we, You know, not necessarily even in our own vehicle, that sort of thing. But I but I think there's lessons behind us that are as valuable maybe as the ones in front of us, because you really got me thinking about that, you know. If I were wanting to break out into blue water in the in the gas business, maybe it's about personal service again. I
0: don't know. Well, isn't there a state that it's against the law for you to pump your own gas still? Or a city someplace. I can't remember where it's at, but yeah. like I pulled in and got out to do it and uh, the guy came running over and said, You're you're not allowed to do that here and I'm like it was kind of one of those rarities that you're like, Okay. Um Yeah. Yeah. But so I forget where the heck I was, Tennessee or so I don't know, it was someplace like that, but it was fascinating. So um but yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. The lessons that we learned in the past are definitely going to come back a little bit, and we're going to have to go back and rethink the, some of the conveniences that we've implemented may have just pushed our envelope too far, and now we need to swing the pendulum back a little bit to the other side.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really what we're going to see for our industry. I think it's a great opportunity for the manufacturers, for the yep. dealers. I think it's a great opportunity for A and D, commercial real estate, everybody, and and construction certainly that yep. plays in our space. I think that, and I also know it's almost like um, the grieving process, right? We lost yep. something eight weeks ago, yeah, uh, or or maybe a little bit further back, and 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 some people have lost loved ones, right? I mean, yeah the reality of that, but but it's a grieving process of what was. Um, but I also know that once you get through that, you get to a place where then you can kind of look forward and think about, you know what, why don't, we, we've always, this is, the old way of doing it was a pain in our tail. Why don't we do it different anyway? Let's move, yep. let's go there, right? Yep, yep. I, I think it's gonna be just fascinating and exciting. An example uh, is, I know Neocon won't happen this year, physically. Yep won't yep. happen. But you know what? Maybe it was time for a significant shift. And this forced disruption could help us that when we do get to come back together in, in that type of setting, really help us create a richer thing, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm
1: excited about that. I'm excited about the yep. change. I'm excited about um, at things as we look forward.
0: Well, hey, Paul, I want to thank you for your time. It has been extremely, as always, educational for me and has got me thinking really of some new ideas and some new ventures as well. And you do know that's a bad place for my mind to always be. But <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me, as always. We oh, yeah. appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate Solomon Coyle. We can't wait for you guys to get back to your meetings, and hopefully that'll be maybe um, in 2021 in the spring maybe
1: who knows maybe maybe this fall we don't know but uh you know what uh, the, the one thing i know is important for us to do things like this so i want to thank you jeff yep. just to just get together and talk about the what if i think is powerful and it gives us a sense that you know what we're all going to be here tomorrow we'll Yeah. all right right yeah we'll, we'll be we'll be fine but thank you for the opportunity to chat i was enjoying it as you know.
0: All right, thanks, Paul. And with that, I'm also going to say, "Isn't hindsight 2020?" I've been I've been fascinated by that statement for a while now. So, I love
1: that. Thanks for sharing it. Yep, we're we're moving to a new place. We're
0: not going back. <laughs> no, we're not going back. So, thanks, Paul. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff. All, right, All right, bye. bye thanks for listening to MRL Speaks. If you aren't already using My Resource Library for all your specifying needs, be sure to get your free account at MyResourceLibrary.com today.